Welcome to the CMC Podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to be a doer of the Word. Today's message is brought to you by our lead pastor, Tim Brooks. Well, turn to Matthew chapter 5. Let's get rolling. Jesus teaching in parables, and he uses everyday things to teach spiritual truths. That's what parables are. That's what they do. They just take natural, everyday things, and then he uses that to reveal things in the Spirit. The Bible, from cover to cover, does that. It, it always uses natural things to illustrate spiritual truth. Uh, this parable that we want to look at is in Mark chapter 4 and in Matthew chapter 5. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, and let's read this. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father." All right, as a Christian, as a Christian, you are the light of the world. The lost are living in darkness, so they're not the light of the world. You, Jesus is light. We know that Jesus is light. So when Jesus comes to live inside you as a Christian, then you are lit. So you become light. All right, do you see yourself like Jesus says you are? Do you see yourself as the light of the world? I'm the light of the world. Well, I mean, do you see yourself that way? Now, let's, let's think about this. You are like... A city set up on a hilltop. Now, we've all driven at night across the country, and you've been out in the middle of nowhere in just utter pitch black darkness, but you're coming in, maybe you're miles and miles away from a big city, but you begin to see that glow. You can see those, the light from that city. You can see that glow way before you get there, before you get into that town. All right, verse 15, Jesus is going to address a problem. It says, no one lights a lamp. Okay, let me, let me light this lamp. And then take a basket and put over the top of it. You, you don't do that. What is the only purpose for lighting the lamp? I mean, you don't light a lamp to then put a basket over it. The only purpose for lighting a lamp is so that everybody in that room the whole family, he says, can see. Now, you picture that in your mind. That's what Jesus is doing. He's painting a word picture for us. And so I'm, I'm painting this. I want us to think this illustration through. We light a lamp, and then it's under a basket, or we light a lamp and we put it up on a lamp stand. Now, what will be the difference around that lamp? Where, verse 15, where it gives light to everyone in the house. Here's our obvious question that we have to ask ourselves. Are you 
a lamp under a basket or are you on a stand? Now, as we study these parables and we dissect them and you back up and you get an overview of what Jesus is teaching in these parables, you can see he's teaching us how to live daily life in the kingdom. Here's how you live your life each and every day in the kingdom. He's teaching about our priorities, our purpose, our responsibility. Now, let's, let's look what's not talked about here. There's nothing said about your bills or about your job or about all the plates that you have spinning. There's nothing said here about you getting married or not getting married or having kids or buying a house or buying furniture or buying groceries or buying a car or getting health insurance. Now, it's not that Jesus is opposed to any of those things. It's just that's not your priority. That's not your seek first. That's not our focus. That's not the reason for what we do. Seek first the kingdom of God. Help me, what does it say? All of these things are added to you. I'm not seeking a new truck. I am seeking to be a city, a light on a lampstand, a city on a hill. And then a truck is just, it's provided for me. It's a result of what I do. It's a benefit of what I do. It's just a house and health insurance and, and groceries and vacations. That, that is a blessing because of what we do. Okay, verse 16. Let your good deeds shine. Let your good deeds shine so that you, now read this, so that you can get a promotion and a raise. Let, let your good deeds shine so that you'll be able to buy a bigger house than you have right now. See, so let your good deeds shine that you can buy you a brand new car. No, no, it says, let your good deeds shine so that everyone, now this is interesting, praise your heavenly Father. Life changes for you. Life changes for you when you get up and you put your clothes on for the day and you head out and you're not heading out to make a truck payment. You're heading out to be a blessing. That's what I want to do today. I'm heading out to be a blessing. If you're a roofer, the hail damage destroyed some people's roof. I'm heading out to bless people with damaged roof. If you're a carpenter, I'm heading out today to build this family a house. That, and, and they're going to raise their kids in it. And it's, See, I'm heading out today to go sit behind a desk and answer the phone and take dictation and do it because I want to be a blessing to my boss. That's, and then here comes Friday. And so look, look at what is added to me at the 1st and the 15th of the month or whatever pay is. Or how, see, but the reason I, I'm getting up and I'm going to work so that I can make a truck payment. Well, that's not the Lord's plan for our life. Now, this is, this is kingdom living. You work here, 
you do this, you do that, you live here, and the reason for all that you do is not so you can have the biggest house in the neighborhood. The reason you do what you do is so that everyone will praise the Lord. Now, each and every day, you are where I'm not. You're around people that I'm not around. Each and every day, I'm around people that you're not around. My job takes me through people's paths that you don't cross. Your job takes you through people's paths that I don't cross. My hobby puts me in people's paths that you don't cross. Your hobbies put you in people's paths and, and connect you in their life that I'm not connected with. Well, what's the reason for that? Verse 16, the reason for that is so that everyone can come to praise the Lord. That's the reason for that. Okay, verse 14, you are the light of the world. You're like a city on a hill not to be hidden. When you've asked Jesus to come in, he is the light of the world. Now, when you've asked Jesus to come in, that makes you the light of the world. Verse 15, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Why? Now, I want you to think this logically through. That would negate the reason for lighting the lamp. Let me light the lamp. Now let me put a basket over it. Well, what you just did was negate the reason for lighting the lamp. Okay, are you following where we're about to go with this? Why did Jesus light your light? Why did he come in to turn your life from darkness to light? So that you can stick a basket over you and be all cozy. See, I've got my light on and I am good to go. And I'm under this basket and boy, I've got my light on. Jesus did not light your life so that you can be under a basket and be all cozy and good to go. Why did Jesus light your life? Why did he light your life? So that then look at what you can do. So look at what you can do. Jesus came into Jim's life, turned his whole life around. Why? So he can be a good little boy. No. So that then look at what he can, are you following the, the example here? There's only one reason that Jesus turned your stinking rotten life around. There's only one reason. It's so that everyone will come to praise the Lord as a result of seeing your light. Okay, the question is, as a light, you've been lit if you know Jesus, are you today, were you under a basket or were you on a stand? Now, our prayer, our, our prayer time can be very revealing as to what your priorities are. Just listen to yourself pray tomorrow. God bless something I'm doing. God heal someone that I love. God give wisdom to me for the decision that I need to make today. God change something I don't like. Okay, where does your prayer center? See what, okay, all, now let me say this. 
all this is very important to God. He cares about every petal on every lily. So this is important to God, but God is far more interested in your lighting your environment with his spirit and his presence than he is on just blessing you. Now, does that mean God doesn't want to bless you? Quite the contrary. God is very interested in blessing you. And Paul talked about this several weeks ago. What is the reason for God blessing you? Help me out. So, you can be a blessing. God wants to light you as a lamp. Why? So you can be a light to those people that are in the darkness. Everybody in this house is in darkness. I come in as the light. Now they can see. They, got, they, they can see. Why does God want to bless you? You can't be a blessing to anybody unless you've been blessed. Amen. It don't work that way. You can only be a blessing when you have been blessed. So God obviously wants you and I being a blessing to other people. There's only one way that can happen. is for him to bless your life. But, but he, he is interested in you having a brand new truck so that when people see it, they think, that guy is a tither, he's a giver, he's a huge volunteer at church. Everywhere he goes, he's lifting up the name of the Lord and he got a brand new truck. Wow, God's blessing that guy. As opposed to you getting a new truck so that everybody can say, isn't he smart? Boy, isn't he good looking in that new truck? Boy, he's a heck of a businessman. Wow, look at all the money he's made. See, it's not the truck. It's not you driving or not driving a new truck. It's what's being said as a result of God's blessings in your life. And when we are lit, we don't put it under a bushel. When you are blessed, you don't hide it under a bushel. When the reason that you so desperately want more money is so that I can give more money, so that I can see God honored, you're in right alignment. God, I want more money because if I had a lot more money, I'd be able to give more money to my church. That you're, God, I want more money so everybody can look at me and think I'm something. Are you seeing the difference? It's not the money that God's against. It's the heart of the way that we're living. It's just kingdom living. Now, if your personal growth, if your personal increase, if your personal prosperity does not glorify God, there's no reason for it because it is really very temporary and fades away. That, that's why there is so, much emo, so, so many emotional problems in our world today is because you strive and strive and strive and you get a new truck and just like that it's used. And before long it's got lots and lots of miles on it. Before long it's in the mechanic shop and it's broke down. So you do that and over a long period of time you begin to ask yourself, what am I doing? What I, I built this house, I was all excited. I remember being excited about my house. 
Now the gutters are falling off of it. I've got two windows that don't close right in it. The heat's broke in one floor. The air's broke on the other floor. The refrigerator went out and dumped a bunch of water all over, over the floor. And then it buckled the, uh, the flooring. And now I've got to get, so this is what I'm working for. See, when our, when our drive, when our drive is on temporary depreciable things, it will take the life out of you. You work and you work and you work your entire life working for temporary stuff. The hours of my life that I have traded to buy something that depreciates. You spend twenty or thirty thousand dollars on a vehicle that after you've driven it for not very many years is worth fifteen hundred dollars. Now, how good can that possibly make you feel about yourself? See, how good, how pumped up and excited can you be living a lifetime of finding satisfaction and fulfillment, happiness and joy in temporary stuff? To live happy, and Jesus understands this, this is why he's teaching. To live happy, you put your focus on eternal significance and what you do to make a difference in other people's lives. You find eternal significance. You look back over the last few years of your life and you look at the children in children's church that you have helped in. You, in, you look back over the last few years of your life and you look at the hours that you volunteered to help in youth group. You look back over the last few years of your life and you bought the van that our kids went to a youth retreat in this last weekend. You bought that van. That's what I did. And look at all those kids. Look at what happened in their life this last weekend. You find significance and joy in your life as opposed to your life being spent consumed by you heaping temporary things on your life when what you do brings eternal significance it means everything to you that's what it's called seeking first the kingdom of God what I do makes a difference in other people's lives and it's just, it's no wonder that there are so many emotional disorders and, and so many emotional problems in our society today because we have become so materialistic focused in our efforts. And, and so you spend all this money on material things that now aren't worth near what you paid for them. Now, once again, let, and let me be clear, God does want you to have a beautiful home, a new truck, nice jewelry, nice clothes. Um, God's for all of that, but that is something that is added. That is a sign and a wonder that follows so that people see you and give God glory for all the temporary things that he has blessed your life with. You can know this, and, and you study the, all of the red letters in the Bible and, and all of Jesus' teachings go to what's on the inside of you. They all do. You, you know, he said, well, you have heard, thou shalt not murder. But I say, if it's in your heart. 
See, you've heard don't commit adultery, but if it's in your heart. See, G- Jesus is always looking at our heart and the condition of what's in our heart. All of our stuff is not a means to an end. All of our stuff points us to the blessings of God and others give God glory because they see the blessings in life that we are walking in. As as we pray for our families, don't limit your request to protection for your families and blessings for your families. Now think this through. Most of your prayer, most of my prayer, if we're not careful, tends to be protection for my grandkids and blessing for my grandkids. Our prayer needs to be for God to use your family as a light, as a lamp on a stand. God, use my grandchildren to bring you glory. God bless them. Your angels' protection be around them. God, open up the doors. No, no, no. Your prayer is, God, use my children to bring you glory. Now, watch our prayer, and it'll tell you your priority. Are you praying God bless them? Are you praying God protect them? Are you praying God watch over them? Or are you praying God use my business to bring you glory? God, use my business to reach the lost for you. God, use my family as an example of your blessings in our life. You know, if you listen to what you're praying for, it can tell you, are you really seeking first the kingdom of God? Or are you just using God as a genie to do what you tell him to do? One of the main reasons that I believe... We don't take Jesus' teaching on this lamp in the stand, in the basket. The, the reason we don't take that seriously is we really don't believe anybody is watching us. We just don't think, any, well, I'm, Tim, I, I'm not a city on a hill. I'm not a lamp on a stand or under a bushel. Nobody, nobody sees me. Nobody sees me, and so we live like nobody sees us. Here's what I want everybody in here to know beyond a shadow of a doubt. When you leave your friend's house and you get in the car with your wife or your husband, or you get in the car with your other girlfriend and you left your girlfriend's house, before you get the wheels of the tire rolling, what are you talking about? Before you get, I mean, before you get out of the driveway, did you see the dirt on her carpet? Did you see what he was wearing? Did you, could you believe what she said to him? Can you believe the way they, what are you doing before you get the car rolling? Whoever's in the car with you, you're talking about the friend that you just left. Here's what you need to know. They're doing that about you. But we live like no one talks about us. But you talk about everybody all the time. But you live like no one ever talks about you when in fact everybody talks about you all the time. 
Did you see their kids? Did you hear the way she talked to him? They sure, wow, they sure seem happy. Wow, you know, I've never been around somebody that had that much joy. Well, you know, every time we're with her, she's in a good mood. Well, every time we go out to eat with them, they're always up, they're always happy, they're always positive. See, you, you can know that everybody is talking about you. Okay, back to my point. Why don't we really live like we are a city on a hill? Because we don't think anybody sees us. When, in fact, everybody sees you and everybody talks about you, how do I know that? Because you talk about everybody. You analyze and talk about everybody. Everybody talks about you. The question that we're asking is, is your light under a bushel or is it on a stand? Do people see God's blessings in you? Do people see God's faithfulness in you? Do, God's peop- do, do others see God's goodness in your life? Or do your friends always see that you've got a fever, you're going to the doctor, your back hurts, your neck hurts, your leg hurts, you've got this appointment, you've got that. Every time you're with them, the whole conversation is about your ailments and what's going on in your life. Now, there are three things that always stand out. There are three things that attract the attention of other people. And they, they just do. And I, and I want to identify these for you. Number one, number one, the thing that attracts people, the thing that people notice, the people, the thing that stands out is someone who lives in peace and in joy. Now, why does that so stand out? Because so many live in misery and depression and suffering and a pity party and walk around with their bottom lip pooched out. So when somebody is walking in peace, and enjoy, it stands out. My God, you walk in somebody's presence. Lord, what's the first thing? These gas prices, good Lord, these gas prices. I mean, they just walk in. Have you can, Did you see what's going on now today over in the Middle East? Can you see? Oh, my gosh, can you see? And, and I've ordered something that's been back ordered. I tell you, we just can't get anything shipped to us on time. When somebody walks in your presence and they're in peace and joy, what is it? A light on a stand. A light on a stand. When they walk into your presence, do you talk about the gas prices and this president and the way he stole the election and all this and the way this happened? Are you talking about what's going on? Is your first talk about Putin or is your first talk about how happy you are, how blessed you are, and how God's showing his faithfulness in your business. Can you believe how blessed I am? See, peace and joy in somebody's life is an attractant. It attracts attention. It's like, it's almost like a light set up on a stand. It's a whole lot, kind of like a city up on a hill. See, the Lord gives peace. The Lord gives joy. It's the fruit of the Spirit, by the way. When the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, the fruit of that is as a Christian, you walk in a tremendous amount of peace and joy that's not affected by anything going on around you. Well, Pastor, how do we put a light under a basket? Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. 
My peace I give you. Jesus said, my joy in you, your joy is full. Well, when you don't walk in joy, see, when you don't walk in peace, he's given you peace. Now, when you don't walk in it, you put a basket over the light that you have. I, Jesus, I've given you peace that passes all understanding. And you walk into somebody's presence and you're jerked up, that's how you put a basket over your life. He's given you peace that passes all understanding. And you walk in and you're upset. You're not full of joy. Your light is lit. Jesus is in your life. Your light is lit. I'm not saying you're backslidden. I'm not saying Jesus doesn't live inside you. Jesus is on the inside of you, but you put a basket over the light that's in you. Is this scripture making sense to you? You understand what we're talking about? Number two, I got the thing that really stands out to people is healthy, happy homes. Just healthy, happy homes. There's so much fussing and fighting and arguing and tension. As Christians who know Jesus, whose light is lit, your home, whether that be you and your college roommate, whether that be you and your husband and wife, the home, in the home that you live in, is it full of happiness and health and peace? Or is that home full of fussing and fighting and arguing? If you are a Christian and the light of Jesus, he has lit your light, and you walk in your home and there's fussing and fighting and arguing, then that light is under a basket. That light is under a basket. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is what is produced in our life by the Spirit of God that lives in us. Now, when the fruit of the Spirit is not being manifest in the home, in the car, in the job, wherever you are, then your light is under a basket. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You're out of control. What would you do? You put your light under a basket. Number three, the thing that people most see, quickly see, is character. The reason this stands out is because it's such a rarity. We've had presidents in the Oval Office of this nation with no character. We've got movie stars making billions of dollars, no character. We've got high-profile athletes that were asking their opinion on world events, and they have no moral character whatsoever. When Jesus lit your light, one thing people must see is character. They must see character. We can't be one way at church with these friends and one way on our job with these co-workers. Our character is what is seen, not the sermons that we preach. Pastor, how do we put our light under a basket? Be one way in church? Oh, you got that light shining. God bless you. Oh, love you, brother, sister. We just, it's, oh, it's just blessed. I'm blessed. We're just so blessed. And then you go to work on Monday, and you put that thing under a basket. You, you put all that spiritual talk under a basket. 
You go out Friday night and your choice of entertainment, you put the fruits of the Spirit under a basket. As every time I preach, and and probably I don't say this often enough, the Word does not condemn you. The Word challenges you. So you're not to be defeated by the Word. Oh, oh Lord, I mean, I've messed that. Boy, I blew that. Man, I've blown all three of these. You're not, see, that's the devil taking the Word of God and trying to condemn you with it. You're not condemned by the Word. You're challenged by the Word. I can't wait to work tomorrow. I'm getting that basket off. I can't wait to get back in my home tomorrow. I'm getting that basket off in my home. I'm going to have Jesus' light shining in my home. So I'm going to take my light and I'm going to put it on a stand because everywhere I go, everybody around is watching me and I'm going to have my light on a stand. Allow the world to see in your life what God has done. We've got to let our light shine before men. Y'all stand. Lord, tonight we're grateful that you lit our life. We're grateful that we're not living our life in darkness. Thank you, Lord, for giving us light. Thank you for giving us peace. Thank you for giving us joy. Now, Lord, we ask you to forgive us for all of those times that we hadn't walked in that. That we, that we haven't set that light up on a stand, but that we have put it on the floor and put a basket over it. Tomorrow, as we all go to work, as we all roll up our sleeves to do what you've called us to do, let us be a light. Let us be the light that you have lit for us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the CMC podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit cmcchurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.